Alrighty, and welcome to the show. You guys are joining us again on another episode of HPR. We are on what, seven now? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Seven or eight? Seven. Seven. Kate has no idea. No, um, we're fine. Kids flustered. <laughs> we're fine. Um, we, when did we watch this? Wednesday night? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so we got together, watched, uh, this week's movie, which is Pacific Rim. It was not Kick-Ass, like we said it would be last week. Yep. We, we really wanted to watch that, though. It was like, we, it, was a, it was an option. It was up it, there. It was definitely available. And but we, we have a trend going on now, and we don't want to disappoint yeah. you listeners by picking the movie we said we were going to watch. Yes. Yeah. Keeping with the trend of Mystery. surprises. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> X. <laughs> Just, uh... Is it a misdirect in, when they, in a movie? It's, uh... What's the word I'm looking for? It's the whole, uh... Conceptions or whatever. Subversion. Subversion. Yeah. Subverted. Uh, like subvert, subverting your expectations. That's yes, what we're doing. That is God all the time. Me. Just like Ryan Johnson in Last if, Jedi. If you think this podcast is going to go well today, the first two minutes are a good indicator of how the rest yeah. of this is going. Yeah. <laughs> and the car ride over here was just really set the standard. Kate, what was the, your fun fact previously? I hate you. Oh. One of the characters' name is Max Martinez. Okay, still my thunder. I'm about to say, see, this is the energy I'm talking about. He asked you. And I was getting to it. He wouldn't let me go to it. Uh, what? Uh, Did we have the same part of the conversation? Yes, we... Can <laughs> <Hey>, continue? <laughs> I was giving daggers across the table, and then I looked down my phone to say the joke, and then he said it anyways. He knows what he's doing. We're not drinking martinis, though. We're drinking what? Yeah, this, this, this fact came We didn't even say the guy's name fully, so they don't know. I always said I said Max Martini. Then I yelled over you, so they didn't hear. So there's a character in this movie by the name of Kirk Hansen, and the actor's name is Mark Martini, and I thought that was a really awesome name. Max Martini, my bad. I thought it was a really fun name. Max Martini. It's like a James Bond. It could be the name of the <laughs> Should we start over? No, no. I think we roll, we roll with this. We leave it. Okay, in. y'all make fun of me. It's fine. It's we're fine. We're fine. This is probably the I earliest. I did Cavalier vest last week and said the right bit. It's this is the earliest we've recorded as well. Like, there's no reason for us to be this way. <laughs> Why are we this way? Oh, uh, um, <clears throat> Pacific Rim. Yep. What a movie. We got a good chunk of the cast of Sons of Anarchy in this. Yeah, there are a lot of overlapping characters, uh, starting with, obviously, uh, Charlie Hunnam as Riley Beckett. A beautiful human specimen. And Weird walk. Ron Perlman, and there was a couple of, I've never gotten through all of uh, Sons of Anarchy, so this is your wheelhouse. Those are mainly the big two. Okay. She also hasn't gotten through all of Sons of Anarchy. Ah, have you? No. I've gotten further than both of y'all. Well, yeah. Correct, because I haven't started. Anything above zero is further. <laughs> <laughs> wonder why I have a red print in the middle of my forehead this is why this is why it's face palming yep. yes yeah, it's a red print because they go like this and so it's just the palms there's a red circle there's no fingers on my forehead but there may be <laughs> I'm just making sure they know that's not us yeah <laughs> yes not, this isn't domestic violence this is you violence to yourself so Self- Pacific Rim self-inflicted podcast violence <laughs> mental health has just deteriorated um, so quickly. Okay, Yancey Beckett, who plays Riley's brother, uh, yes, Diego Klantanoff, 
What else has he been in? I have no idea. I don't recognize. He looks like Charlie Hunnam's brother the way they do the makeup. But uh, I truly really don't know what he's in. He's more of a TV actor, so Homeland, Blacklist. Oh. And that would explain probably why I haven't <laughs> seen him. Uh, apparently he was also in Mean Girls. Yeah, I'm just oh. looking at that. Uh, also, he was in After Earth, which is mm-hmm. maybe one of the uh, worst in uh, Will Smith's catalog. Thank God. I was worried about what you were going to say there. I was worried about what hot take was going to come out of your mouth. Oh. I'd like to say I didn't... Uh, it was visually stunning, and I... It, I believe that. I right? enjoyed it for that, but from a story perspective, it was weak. Yeah. And Diego Klatnoff, who was in Mean Girls, he's the football player that Regina George is hooking up with throughout the entire thing. Oh. When Amy Poehler walks in, she's like, you guys need anything? Snacks? A condom? Just let me know. God, you guys keep me young. That's the guy she's fooling around with. Gotcha. <laughs> I may or may not what, have seen this movie. A few what times. a quote! Thank you. Uh, moving on, we've got Idris Elba, who I thought was Striker Pentecost, but it's actually Stacker Pentecost. Either way, still an amazing badass name. Absolutely. See how easy it is to mess up someone's name. He didn't. Pulling he didn't. We had to look it up. He heard it one way originally. That's not wrong. Thank you. Thank you, Gibby. <laughs> but it's still well. Idris Elba, great, <laughs> great actor. All you have to do to make Idris Elba into a, a commanding character is give him a mustache. Oh, true. Yes. Take the mustache off and Idris Holy Elba crap. is just a badass. That's how you make him daddy vibes. The, the man is dying of radiation poisoning and is still just probably the most dangerous man on camera, yeah. just verbally. They, they <laughs> set that up you down. really early of like, something's wrong with him, but he's still just like this commanding power figure. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't know what the issue is. Until the very end, when he explains it, it's like, oh, yeah, about yeah, nosebleed yeah. going on though. Yeah, that's what he's talking about. Yeah, no, no, maybe, no. Maybe specifically maybe saying that so you see the nosebleed going down, that's yeah. never a good sign. Maybe she yeah. has a bad coke habit. <laughs> Again, you don't know though. He could be we on do, drugs. We do never see the pink, the uh, Carrie Fisher coke nail. True. <laughs> you never know. That maybe that's how he got back up and running in the Jaeger you know suit. Let's let's be real here though. He is a classy man in this movie. He could have a little spoon, like a little. Yeah. Goes, I don't think he'd have the ghetto pinky nail. I think he'd have like a nice silver little cocaine spoon. Well, and we see him reaching for uh, an Altoid ten of uh, full of fun pills, which turn out to be anti radiation drugs. It is the future. And uh, Rinko Kikachu. Uh, God, I'm not going to not call that Pikachu at some point. Yeah. Um, as Mako Mori, very, very good actress for that role. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Isn't it Mako? Mako Mori? I think it's Mako. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. said Do better. I'll, I'll shame P- everyone. Potato, potato. Yeah, as long as we Caramel, can be equal horrible. here at this table. <laughs> Charlie Day really loved him. Oh, incredible. It's comedic timing. It's just always, it just, he, it's just chaotic energy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is chaotic comedy. It's, it's the whole uh, episode of It's Always Sunny where that Charlie thinks he's a smart person. That's him in this movie, I think. I, but he actually is a smart person. I have actually, not seen that episode. Need to. Yes, it's a very good one. Uh, they give him a, it's like, a supplement that makes him think he's smarter, but it's not. It's a placebo. But also him and Burn Gorman, they're, Energy, like the comedic duo in this, I enjoyed it. They're a married couple in this whole thing. They, they feel like a married couple the entire time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Easily. And, but they still have like that bond where it's like, you know what? We see different ways, but you and I may not be so different after all. Nothing is better between the two of them than when uh, Charlie reaches out his hand to uh, say, we're going to do this. Yeah. And <laughs> just, uh, Gottlieb just like starts smacking his hand because he doesn't know what to do. <laughs> he's a British. 
and socially awkward. <laughs> Very. And then we move on to Max Martini, who I wish I uh, knew this fun fact about five minutes prior when I made daiquiris instead of martinis. Sorry. What the fuck? It's on brand, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's very fitting for our group. Next week, there's going to be an actor with the last name Daiquiri, and we're going to make martinis. It's just how it's going to go. Mm-hmm. It, does anybody know... Okay, so when you watch... Like, when you're reading these credits, Robert Kaczynski is Chuck Hansen playing uh, Herc Hansen's son. Huh? You okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it says Chuck Hansen as Rob Kaczynski. What like what prompts them to say like a character as that? Oh, like in the in the credits. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. Usually, I feel like that's for more like it's like a higher pay thing. I think it has to do with that, but it's also uh, usually for like more well known stars. Yeah, and he's kind of a D lister in no, this cast. I, yeah, like you'd see a Tom Hanks as so and so or whatever for as Dumbledore or something like that. Right. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, he plays, he plays a huge dick yes, in this. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Just a, well, the only other big thing he's really been in is True Blood, so I think that's... Enough said. Claim to fame. Claim, yeah, enough said, claim to fame. Character types. Uh, Clifton Collins Jr., I don't... Like, he's one of those faces... He's the ops tech guy yeah. who, in the very beginning, talks about uh, sleeping with some woman whose husband comes home. And, like, he's one of those guys who I've seen... His face in the background of multiple movies and stuff. Yeah. Could never have told you his name. No. And... Oh, no. But I always love, like... He's, he's a very quippy character. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, You gotta have that energy. It reminds me a bit of... Um, last week, John Wick, the mechanic. Yeah. Like, he's got a bit of the same energy. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. He's kind of like... Little... He's got some, some pulsed in him. Yep. Little, yeah. Uh, and then, of course, because this is a Guillermo del Toro film, we have a return to the character with Ron Perlman. Oh, yeah. I love Ron Perlman so much. Like, what a man. What an actor. He just... <laughs> what incredible He's the shoes. most ridiculous-looking human being, and yet I'm just like, I would I would follow him to the end of the earth. I really would. If he told me, like, get in the car, I'd be like, yes, sir. Let's go. Where Animal I don't Shaw, know where. My second favorite military uh, general and my... Uh, favorite. No, it was my favorite place. It was Brooklyn military, and second favorite <laughs> place from Brooklyn. I, can we? Can we? I just pause real what quick. Incredible name. So I've seen quite a few things Ron Perlman's in, yeah. and I just want to look it up again and just make like double check all the things I've seen. And I was unaware that he played in the TV series Beauty and the Beast from '87 to '90. And just look at him. Wow, that's uh, so we're looking at bad makeup and a big old wig. It's the on Ron 80s. Perlman. From it's the Ron 80s. Perlman, so I'm not sure how much is makeup. And imagine, <laughs> just please imagine real quick. It like, looks like three, bad cats makeup for three years. Oh my god, you have this TV show, so you have the beauty, and like she's with the beast, falls on them, and then she's assuming it's going to turn this charming prince, and then it's just psh, Ron Perlman. Ooh, that's that's a tough that's a tough gig. That's a spicy meatball there. Uh, uh, um, okay. We and that pretty much uh, rounds out our A-listers in this. Um, did any of you guys see Cats? No, no, I, I, I avoided. As it, someone but. who is very heavily involved in the theater world and has always appreciated Cats, the musical on stage for what it is—the dancing, the singing—it's very the fever well dream. done. I, I, I threw up at the sight of the animation and CGI in a commercial to the point that I don't think I can ever sober 
see that movie. If they release the butthole cut, I'll take the time to watch it. There's a YouTube channel, Funhouse, that did on their movie podcast. Did they digitally remaster it? No, 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 no. They had, up until the movie came out, Cat Facts. Oh, one of the guys, whatever he hosted. was the butthole cut? It wasn't that, but it was just like, he gave out these terrible, terrible facts about this movie. Like, (laughs) I was hyping it up to such a point. Like, just, the the cats are supposed to be, like, actual size, but, like, they barely come up to, like, a rocking chair. That it's, like, the height different, but they're this. They're so They're, they're like, big rat size. They have human hands. There's a lot that's uncomfortable with it. Yeah, maybe we'll review it. No. Next Christmas. We don't want to scar anyone. No. No. I'm I'm not going to watch it. It'll be a (laughs) one-off. Yeah, it'll be a one just a complete If we one ever track. do a spinoff, and we all know spinoffs never turn out well, that will be the first one we do once that spinoff. If we get 10 likes on a tweet we put out in the next 20 minutes, we'll do it. The thing is, we'll yeah. never get there. Because we have zero followers. And nope, we nope. got one. We it's got me. One. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't use Twitter. Due to the I fact that I don't own a Twitter account, I also can't, I will not be following our own I account. also don't have a Twitter account. God, we are really going to kill the social media game. Look, Robin. Instagram all day long. Let's you do it. You could run side, but no. Yeah. So I was looking up some interviews and stuff uh, regarding this movie. Apparently this was the only movie that Guillermo del Toro uh, said he loved going into work every single day of the entire production. I can see that. I think he just said that because he really enjoyed watching Charlie Hunnam walk. That was just the joy in his life. I think that was a prank that he pulled on Charlie Hunnam. He was like, this is how a cool guy walks. And Charlie's like, are you sure? He's like, am I Guillermo del Toro not? For those who have not seen it, Charlie Hunnam's character in this has one hand on the belt, loop up front the entire time and has kind of like... You know, like when you were a kid and you would try and walk like a cool gangster or something, so you had like a little put the shoulder back and like kind of like do a little half step with it. It looked like an Eminem music video from the late nineties. That's the entirety of the movie. Like I can now can't. I'm so upset it was pointed out to me because I can now never unsee it. Yeah, you can't unring that bell. But it's it's just a fun movie. You can tell everyone on set's having fun with it. Yep. Uh, Apart from Charlie Hunnam's walk, which no one's having fun with that, (laughs) (laughs) except for Charlie Hunnam. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and oh, I've got the guy's name written down. Uh, Hideo Kojima. Yeah, Hideo Kojima. Yeah, from Metal Gear is quoted as saying, "You aren't Japanese if you don't go see this movie because <laughs> it's <laughs> such an homage to the kaiju oh, scene, absolutely. which originated in Japan, obviously." Yeah, I can absolutely see Hideo Kojima being the guy to say that as well. That <laughs> the whole Metal Gear, like Metal Gear, you got these big Jaeger things. Yep, and, uh, it's very much up his alley. Uh, but also the Jaeger, I, we all want one. We all want to ride in one. We all want. It, they're just so cool. I mean, who wouldn't? I, I know. Like, that, that's that's like going, hey, I don't want a million dollars. Yeah, I definitely at some point. It's like, a giant robot you control. Mm-hmm. I'm not linking up my brand with either of you two though. Get out of my head, Charles. What? You have to, if you have oh, to try yeah, 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 you gotta be... link it up. Hey, I guess what? Threw a X Men hey. thing in there. Get hey. out of my head, Charles. I'm not yes. looking at Kate. Hey, guess what? Oh man! Yikes! Oh no! Oh no, Rick! Um, <laughs> There's no escaping us. So this was written in part by uh, Del Toro, but also by a guy named uh, Travis Beecham, who also has written. Finding this out in real time, Pacific Rim Uprising, which the bad one, woo wee, Clash of the Titans, the bad one. Wow, we really just did not have some hitters here. 
Um, also, he really likes to like. Ooh, yeah, that's those are his highest grossing ones. That's that's tough. That's They're tough. all the bad one. They are all the bad one. It's except not gonna be Rim. good. Was Guillermo del Toro involved in the second uprising? I don't think so. About to find out. This is gonna make for good radio. It's always making for good radio. Oh, Troll, Troll Hunters actually pretty good. Yeah, uh, I don't think he was involved. I know they. No, brought... he wasn't. Yeah, that explains a really good amount. I mean, they made a sequel to a movie that wasn't intended to have a sequel. It was a pretty open and shut story. Should have been a prequel. Yeah, the only way you can do it is to be a prequel. Should, should have been like a young Indri- Idris Elba recast as like John Boyega. Yeah, almost butchered that. Yeah, um, that was. Yeah. But uh, that that instead of him playing his son, should have been him as a younger Jaeger pilot at the start of the war. Yeah, that would have been a dope story. That would have been good. I would have enjoyed seeing that. And you can end it with like, oh, it's the big battle fighting that big kaiju that's they're gonna eat uh, little Mako. Mako. Oh yes, you end it right the there. Ending story. You don't realize that's where it's gonna oh, end, and crap. it's like it pops out, and it's like, oh, there's Mako. But in that scene, somebody when, cut the check. Yeah, that idea. <laughs> so you have little little Mako, and she's walking around, and then all of a sudden she sees like you know the big Jaeger come out, and her family's just been massacred. She just like had the moment of like attack on. <laughs> you just hope I just kidnapped her. There's straight con- up. Yeah, there's some context clues, but it is not explicitly they're, they're gone. We're gonna assume that they're dead. She's on her own with one shoe. And she has like a attack on Titan moment where she's got like the big scary thing and she's itty bitty and it may eat her. And then all of a sudden this giant robot comes to save her. And then out of nowhere, this beautiful black man with a mustache pops up and looks down on her. And I just picture that like kid's book, are you my mommy? It's just her saying, are you my new daddy? <laughs> I would and like the to. answer was yes. Yes, he was. My, also, my headcanon there is that he took the shoe she was holding and never gave it back to her. He did. He gives it to her at the very end before he dies. I know. Well, he gives something. her back her kid's shoe. He held on to this little red shoe for like 16 years. What an asshole. He took her only pair of <laughs> shoes and took one of the pair. So, <laughs> what a dick move. Okay, so I'm going to throw so this out there. Creepy. Instead of finishing on the Macau fight, yeah. uh, Mako fight, Mako. God Almighty. The Mako reactor. Are you having a Kate moment? I am having a Kate moment. Final Fantasy VII. Because uh, it's never explicitly stated that that is the um, one where he has to finish the fight alone because he's the only other Jaeger well, he pilot. Well, he stepped out the top alone. I would he assume did. he was alone then. But, yeah, but I think that would make... No, like, would it? no he, there's two in that one because they literally say in the beginning, the very first one, they had one person in there and it kept fucking up their brains, so they had to do two. In order to work the Jaeger. And then that's not what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah but one person in the thing. Yeah. How yeah. how Peter Elba and uh, uh, Raleigh, Raleigh yeah. uh, Charlie Hunnam were the only two to pilot solo. I thought you were talking yeah. about when he comes out with little Mako because he was talking about also, that. Like, there was just one yeah, guy. there was just one guy. It I was know. just him in there. No, because like, they were really talking. That might have been the one where he had to do it on his yeah, own. Yeah, it's not explicitly said saying. that it's not, but I am with oh, you. Oh, because when he talks... Okay, I follow uh, you now. There's not enough damage to the Jaeger there's in not. that scene where I would assume that that's going to finish so You can add that. You can add that in. Yeah, well, Fast and Furious brought Han back, so yeah. you exactly. can really do anything on screen. Let's be really honest. But I agree. There's like I don't see why he'd be alone in the Jaeger. He's the only one who came out of the top. Well, maybe he was like... like Look, you have a family. I have nothing. <laughs> the kid's mine. I want that shoe, damn it. 
Like, you never know. Del Toro comes back and just writes Uprising out of canon. <laughs> that'd be better for everybody involved with the story. Yeah. Also, that'd make more sense than him marking that one up alone. See, I was on track. <laughs> but one of my favorite things about this movie that is incredibly underrated about it is that it's such a simple concept. It's not it's the same reason I love John Wick, honestly. Uh, simple concept, simple execution. It's not. There's no political statements, and you know, there's no. Let Let me write a movie that's a vehicle for my ideology. It is Del Toro going. I want to see the big robots fight the big monsters, and you are going to watch what's going to feel like it came off the pages of an anime, but it's original story. Like, very much in the same vein of feeling it that I have towards Edge of Tomorrow, yeah. or uh, Live, Die, Repeat, or Live, Die, Repeat, Edge of Tomorrow, because that movie has one billion titles. Yeah, if they want to pick a name, yes, And cool. I also feel like during this time, he was watching Sons of Anarchy for the first time. It was like on season one, where most of season one is just Ron Perlman and Charlie Hunnam, and he was like, that's my cast right well, there. He's already had Ron Perlman in a bunch of his movies. Yeah. I know, but now he sees a Charlie Hunnam, who's like the younger version. And he's like, yes. Because if you watch Sons of Anarchy, like, they call him, like, his son. Like, he's the one who's going to follow him around for all of his footsteps. And he's like, this. Mm. This is gold. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I, so when these both these movies came out, when John Wick and Pacific Rim came out, I was highly skeptical in both of them. I was like, what the hell is this shit? Oh, so, dude. Big Rolls, Five Monsters? That I... That is your bread and butter, sir. I thought for sure this was going to be a movie that only I enjoyed. And I watched it, I was like, I don't know how anybody's going to not enjoy this. Yeah, I was, I mean, I was (laughs) very wrong in my early days with movies. Uh, Also, the absurd amount of practical effects that Del Toro uses, which is, I think, what makes, like, Del Toro's movies, let's look at Hellboy, let's look at Pan's Labyrinth. The reasons that, I mean, they are great stories, but... Above and beyond the use of practical effects that he uses is a whole nother level. Like the fist going through the office complex. Yes. That's uh, cleaned up with CGI, but a practical effect. They launched a wall through a building and that had a CGI or a green screen attached to it so that they could make it look like a fist later. Well, it's like you look at Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. Lord of the Rings did so well because they did most of their stunts live. Like, everything was built. Then you have The Hobbit where majority is green screen. There's a lot of issues there. There, It's not just the green screen. I'm being specific and picking a niche, damn it. I I agree with Kate. Like, that movie jumps from a 60 to a 90 in my head. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, the special effects. It's it's not CGI. It's the Star Wars original trilogy versus the prequels. Yeah. Same thing. Like, doing... Well, Green and Johnson had a lot of... Also, it's the 70s. Prequels. Prequels, prequels, yeah. Not not the sequel. Yeah. We don't talk about those. Yeah, but also, like, the originals came out in the 70s. They they didn't have as much... They didn't have much for choice as much. I mean... I mean, George Lucas' whole thing was, I want to push cinema forward. Which he accomplished. He did. He did. The issue here's the issue that they really face in those prequel tw- trilogies is they can make a lot of cool things, but it, they didn't have like you couldn't generate the polygon count at that time to make them look real. They could look yeah. really cool and clean, but you couldn't add dirt and stuff to you know. Yeah. yeah, and it was just George Lucas unfiltered, and that's not how the rest of them all had someone else balancing them out, and these were like yeah. all dark. Jar Jar is a real thing. Call oh, it now, oh, absolutely. Dark, dark. But again, I would say like. There's some things that you definitely need CGI, like Pirates of the Caribbean, you, Davy Jones, like, he looked so cool and creepy because he had the CGI face and the tentacles, yeah. like, that's an thing. but for the most part, they 
didn't use green screen unless it was absolutely necessary. Mm -hmm. Whereas there are some films that are just lazy and just make everything green screen and it takes away different magic. Yes. So that's why I think this movie transitioned a lot better than... Honestly, it probably would have if anyone else had directed, because everyone would be like, CGI, everything, computer, yes. everything. And that's that's the point I'm trying to make, is that Del Toro was the perfect person to do this, yep. with a near-perfect cast of people to do it. If you Like, Ron Perlman as Hellboy, that tells me he will act 100% regardless of what the role is. Okay. Uh, Charlie Hunnam kills this role yeah. probably better than honestly than anything else i've ever seen him in i would agree mm, yeah, sons so. of anarchy well that level of acting is ridiculous what he has to do in that and idris elba has some like silly lines that he delivers with some just conviction i agree that One, i feel like don't ever touch me again yep. two don't, don't ever, ever touch me again. i feel like if anyone else had been cast in that role it could have come off really cheesy but i mean give the man a mustache and he just authority for days and does max martini not feel like Every bit of the veteran soldier. Oh, for sure. That he oh, god! We were all sitting on the couch during this scene before they go into their final battle, and he's injured, and so his partner has to go on with uh, his, son. his son. Not his real son. He worked with his dad. He says dad's base. He it's his son. It's not his real son. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Herc Hansen and Chuck Hansen. It's his son. Oh, I thought they were saying his son. You was... were coloring. You missed it. I was coloring. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, that that, no, that there place was, is good. That's my bad. I thought there. Were, I thought I'd heard there was a scene. Also, I've only seen this movie once. I, missed, I they said your yeah, father this was, was a hero. Pete's first pacifist. Yes. So, granted, give me a break. I sometimes you miss things. Oh, you don't not your coloring. <laughs> I am going to make you walk home. I, he has been making fun of me all day to the point where I'm about to hit him with a baseball bat. I swear to God. Uh, it's been so much fun. Guys, this might be our first live stream if they start fighting. Hashtag <laughs> <laughs> content. I know where you live. Remember I'm, I'm, that. I'm team, I love both of y'all, but I'm team content first. Team content for sure. Anyways, I'm sorry. There have been a moment where he's like, your dad was a hero. I thought his dad had died, and that's how he took on. And this guy kind of became the new father figure. That's no, no, what no. I had taken off this. My bad. You're, also, you're excused. Apology accepted. So we're talking about... I hate you so much. <laughs> We're talking about the CGI and stuff. I think one of the greatest aspects of this is the. Uh, I'm gonna make it. Is the. We're gonna die trying. The virtual cameras. Yeah. Because obviously there's a lot of angles. They didn't fly a helicopter around, you know, a giant yeah. CGI robot. So they use virtual cameras for a lot of this, mm. but all of them follow the same rules that a real like that a real camera crew could follow. Like, yeah. There's nothing where, there's no impossible angles that are ever shot. Right. Yeah. Uh, it grounds it a little bit. Yeah, the, it very much so. And another thing that really grounds it is like the visual cues, like um, Crimson Typhoon, the red yeah. uh, one with three arms. God. One of my favorites. Before you knock it. Um, but they never used the third arm. I'm sorry. Yeah, they did. Barely. Not, Barely. not well enough. Well, he was in the... They only had it fighting for like three minutes of the movie. But, uh, Can you guess who's the cynic in the group? Hi, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, like, its head doesn't look like a head, and when it falls, it shakes its head anyway. Uh, it just it gives you a whole lot of cues like they're still... Even though these robots don't look like people a lot of the time, they still have very human attributes to them in yeah. actions. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, I see what you're talking about. Yeah. Not when they rip the head off, but when it, like, falls down. Yeah, yeah, when it gets yeah. knocked over and it's on its hands and knees and it shakes its head a little yeah, bit. Yeah, like, yeah. It, things that make you feel, humanize the robots. 
Definitely, but I will say I got. I know you liked our three-handed guy. I love the Russian group. Oh, the Russians! They were just, so dope. I think everything's dope. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, my friends like they had like maybe one two lines from the entire thing, but I, they were the, always the ones where I was like, they could kill me. And also, never find the body. So after a little bit of research, Cherno Alpha, the just big brutal. The uh, if you watch it again. Uh, that big tower on top of its head is a nuclear reactor that's, that's what carrying say. around. I was going to say, it's like a Chernobyl type thing. Yep. Yeah. The uh, head is actually almost dead set in the center of the shoulders. Yep. It's just trudging around with Chernobyl on its back. <clears throat> Which is, yeah, I mean, the, all the robots are very much like, oh yeah, the American ones, the scrappy nuclear, like, you know, Mm-hmm. Electric Gypsy, you can get her back up, or whatever her name was, whatever it's Gypsy is. Danger. Gypsy Danger, sorry. Uh, and of course, the it's the only right. one that has naked women painted on the arms and yeah. stuff. Yeah, so that's the American uh, one. It's very the, World War Two. Yeah. yeah. The Russian one's got the big Chernobyl mm-hmm. nuclear stack. The uh, Japanese one is the anime. Very agile, yeah. yeah. The, the Australian one's fast? The Austra- Yeah, the Australian <laughs> one is like... What <laughs> That's what they're saying. I was like, my favorite thing about the Australian one is when their air uses power, and he's just like, "Well, let's go do something stupid," and they take out these pistols and just oh, start God. shooting at the monsters, like, ah, like it does nothing. But they're like, "We're gonna do it anyways." So I'm yeah, like, the, yep. "Yes." The flare gun thing, like it's just walking around your your mech, not doing anything to you. Let it keep not doing anything to you. No, Honestly, go out fighting. I'm probably doing something similar. Also, I'm going out in you, style. You've been to Australia. They're Australian. They know there are dangerous animals out there that may leave you alone for a hot second, but they're coming for you. Like, just because a giant-ass snake is, like, sitting by doesn't mean it's not watching, waiting. Plus, you take it out before it takes you. You gotta reroute the power. At least one of you stay in there to reroute the power. Yeah, it takes two hours to boot. They did all yeah. those things. See, now who wasn't listening? <laughs> I was Guess listening. Guess who was texting? I was listening for them saying two hours. Uh, I don't know. Fucking bypass some circuit bullshit. It's it's all techno jargon. So figure it out. One last thing I wanted to bring up that was kind yes. of an off-screen note is this came out in 2013. Killed it. Way outperformed expectation. Yeah. I was mind blown that it came out in 2013. I thought it came out in like 2008 or something. I just don't remember any marketing for it. We I watched just, different things at the time then. Well, also, I don't <laughs> think I had cable. I think I was still in the dorm in college. Yeah. That'll do it. But we weren't in college yet. Yeah, we graduated in 2013. I know, 2013. We were also in our first year of college. But they had no first semester. I'm not, I'm not arguing with about it. We graduated in 2013 in May. We were in college by September. They had all sorts of marketing before then. I'm not arguing about it. It's fine. I'm we sorry. I that. had a life that summer. I didn't sit in front of the TV. Ooh. <laughs> all right. Fired. But my point to bring this up is that Godzilla came out in 2014 and looked at all of these winning beats and said. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> so tr- we could have a fun movie, or we could have our own movie. <laughs> yeah, right? They had their own movie. They they chose their own. Um, and kind of get it, like, a lot of people don't like narration. I think there's, like, a healthy way to do narration and an unhealthy there's way. There's a time and a place for it. There's a time and a place. And I think this really executed, like, cold open, we get a definition of a Jaeger and a yeah. Kaiju, and... Some narration on, like, one of the beautiful things about this movie is most apocalypse movies start out with getting to the apocalypse. Yeah. And trying to subvert it or avert it. And this drops you in the middle. You need a little bit of context. Look at Mortal Engines. 
they dropped like two sentences and you're like, so tell me again, why are all the cities tanks? Yeah. <laughs> why is my city on a car now? What's going on? <laughs> right? Like this, this was very well executed. Almost a 20 minute cold open before the title. Oh yeah. But it had to cover the bases with it. And I will say what you're talking about, the camera angles and how they were all like realistic and could have been done per se. It kind of made me feel like there's certain parts of this were a, like a documentary about, oh, this is what life was like when this happened with mm -hmm. it. And then you see like the flashback with it. It kind of came off that way to me, which worked. Right. And it definitely, it built, you had everything you needed to know about the world, how people built cities into the remains of kaijus, how... There was a bar that was made out of it. Yeah, like, right? I know. Uh, no, like, there was some very awesome world building. And that opening scene where they're dropping down into Gypsy Danger and Gypsy Danger steps out into the ocean for the All first right. time. I have never seen any movie ever in the history of ever make a robot feel more real, more powerful, and larger than that. Yeah. The heft, the weight, it's, yeah, it's all there. The it, power. It was so yeah. perfectly presented. Mm -hmm. It was unreal. But I also like the development that you see. Mm -hmm. Like, with the characters, with the Jaegers, because you see the other Jaegers are more advanced than the Gypsy Danger, yeah. and that actually turns out to be a good thing in the end. But also, I love, because you see in the very beginning, uh, Charlie Hunnam's character, his brother gets murdered by mm -hmm. a Jaeger they thought was dead, or not by a kaiju that they thought was dead. Turns out, guy did that double tap. And then later on, he literally does, we're doing a double tap. And check just, for a pulse. Yeah, check yeah. for a pulse. Like, no, no, think no it's pulse. Dead. You brought up two things. I was going to circle back to them later, but uh, if you're bringing them up now, I'll go ahead and hit those beats. Um, but the, uh, I mean, everything you need to know about Raleigh Beckett's character development loses an arm in combat. Loses his brother. He senses all of these things. Finishes the fight solo dolo. Like, character development, you know for a fact that this is a gritty dude who gets the job done. Even yeah. though initially you kind of... He's presented to you as this kind of cocky... Hotshot. Yeah. Hotshot guy. Just ready to get in battle. Right. Oh, he seems very similar to a character we meet later on who has a bit of a character development and sacrifices himself for the greater good. Chuck Hansen. But what you got to on the second part is... Gypsy Danger not being as advanced as these other mechs. And I think that was perfectly displayed when um, Chuck Hansen's insulting Mako. Oh, yeah. And even though he's got the world record wins on uh, Jaeger fights, uh, Raleigh dismantles him oh, in yeah. seconds. Uh, and it very much shows like he's only winning because of the technological advancements. Yeah, and also like I really enjoyed in the beginning when they talk about um, how the brothers decide to join the Jaeger program. They're like, look, we weren't the fastest, we weren't the best, but you know what? But they were the scrappiest. Yeah, and exactly, and fight. that's literally what they say, and that's literally who they are the entire film. Uh, mm -hmm. Also, another reason why I didn't think they were father and son, I'm sorry, whose dad looks like that? And has a son that literally looks the same age as him. They looked older. He had he had a scruffy beard, like the uh, stubble. Obviously, that means he's a dad. Or a yes. daddy. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna. Pretend if you had dad. facial hair in this movie, you were a dad. Mustache, yes. scruffy beard, yes. dad. Um, God, what what a good movie! I, I really yeah. when I the, think about it, it, just it makes me smile. <laughs> I will say, best apocalypse uh, speech, best canceling the apocalypse speech. Ooh. Uh, Independence Day be might be better to me. This is the, the Independence Day for our generation. Yes, that, I think I said that while we were watching. <laughs> yeah, like this is the Independence Day. Truly, Independence Day Resurgence should have been our Independence Day. 
but it was so dog shit. It was so bad. <laughs> like, I enjoyed it, and it, God, I feel like it was like 20 more in- minutes of editing and reshuffling some scenes, and like, hey, uh, Jeff, we need you to reshoot a line here and there <laughs> from being as good as Pacific Rim. And it just was like, all right, guys, we're out of time. Let's get the, like, it's it's finishing the presentation five minutes before going to send it out into the world. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, I have one critique with this movie, and this is just a personal opinion. Yeah. Okay. I think I would have enjoyed it more. Spoiler alert, if you haven't put this on. Uh, I'd rather die if you didn't make it out. I think I would have, I, A, made it a little more realistic, and B, it would have, I don't know, I think it would have been stronger than... It would have made sad the second, ending. It would have made the second movie make more sense. It would have since he didn't show up, but it, yep. that'd be a sad ending. And do we yes, don't want a sad? It's a battle. Ending. It's war. Like that. Not everyone makes. Everyone battle. else died. I think it would have been. So? A, it would, I'm not. I'm not. Dark. Come on, Cynic. You're supposed to be on my side on this one. Yeah. What I think, like I agree, you could have made an incredible movie where you lo- took out characters a la Game of Thrones, and. It would have also been great, but I think the vibe of this movie, to be a simple monster fight movie, that would have taken away from the, like, the overall lighthearted nature yeah. of the movie. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Plus, you you hyped up, like, oh, these characters are definitely, they got chemistry, they're gonna, they're gonna hug later on. Death by Snoo Snoo. <laughs> <laughs> All they did was hug. Just but it's always no. I actually I really enjoyed that they were taste like just did the head touching like yeah. it was. God, if Michael Bay had done it, you would have had like one of them in a bikini, hook, like hooking up on the hood of a car at the end. Yeah. So great. They're in each other's brains. They know they want a bone. They don't have to make out and be like, "Oh, this is me telling you I want a bone." They've been in each other's brains. Like, we're gonna do this later. We're good. We're covered. We're <laughs> talking about this. Also, how many helicopters did they send out in that rescue mission? There had to be fifty. Like, there were a shit ton, and they're all in the same area. They're not spread out searching right. at all. No, they're not. They're not <laughs> searching. Like, they better be in this area, or else we're fucked. Well, no, they said they were little pods, little transmitters. They knew where they were. Like, we have your location. Right, so why send 50 helicopters? Everyone wanted to watch them bone, and then they got them, and they were like, oh, fuck, they have to close up. Oh, crap. It, it could have been the James Bond uh, with, oh, I don't know who it is, but it's the one James Bond at the end where they I'm, turn off the tracker. It oh, might have been the newest yeah, one. Yeah, but, um, and then bang on the, the life raft. <laughs> really enjoyed. No, that's not the newest one, I don't think. Not the newest, the one about the news. Uh, Tomorrow Never Dies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Tomorrow Never Dies, there it is. But let's also talk about a part that, like, I, I'm glad they put it in the movie. I definitely think, like, it brought something different to the movie, but it also was one of those things where it's like, okay. And it's when they kill the kaiju, and then they're, like, harvesting the parts, and they're like, there's a heartbeat. It's pregnant! Yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me, because they said that they're clones. Are they clones, or are they man- like, are manually reproducing? I guess both. Well, hey, as we know in Star Wars, clones can have babies. What do you mean, as we know in Star Wars? I don't know. You know in Star Wars. I know. Man, then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how Rey exists, so yes, you're not wrong. Anyways, but, uh, and then you see, like, Ron Palmer run away, he comes back, and then he gets eaten by said baby. I love his inauthentic gloating when he's just wheezing, trying to get out. I knew, I knew the second I saw it, and he's just like, I, I really had to get away, though. <laughs> Dude, I knew I was dead. Yeah, yeah. Like, and then, oh, God, but that God. makes the ending credit scene so much better. <laughs> well, yeah, because it wouldn't make sense if he didn't get eaten. 
say bet. Sure, ain't right. Just a bunch. Of, no, no, that was. Uh, I want to say striker now. Uh, stacker. Yeah, I know, stacker but you, you said striker earlier. Yeah, a stacker. I think his favorite color is red. He's like red shoe. <gasps> Kinky time. Oh Jesus! Wow, that took a really incredibly dark turn. Now we're looking at uh, what is it, Castlevania season three? <laughs> yeah, just take the shoes, make the whole closet of them. Yikes! Yikes! <laughs> How many shoes does uh, Pentecost have back there? Well, he saved this shoe for like 12 years. So. Also, I will say his office slash room is the most absurd thing. He has two little like runoff pools in yes. there. What water is that? Is that I base water? I don't know. Or is he pouring water every day? I've got no idea. It makes but no it's sense. so opulent in this time of war. It's so absurdly like unnecessary and opulent. Yeah. Oh. But we also got to talk about a little kink over here is Mr. Charlie Day in this when he's like the guys who are after me. He's there. Like he's so excited and like it shows up and then he's like. I'm sure he's excited. excited. I think, I he's, think he's, he's scared as hell. I, think he's I don't know. Pants. He's pretty excited down there. And then as soon as it shows up and he sees his face, he's like, oh, maybe I should be a little more scared. But he's like really pumped when they. No, I think he's really scared the whole time. I don't know. His you face over there. I was coming, but I also paid attention. You were on your phone half the time. You jackass. For the record, we are really good friends. Like we, we do enjoy each other, but I also want to kill him half the time. So in case you were wondering. The point is, I think he definitely gets overly excited for KJ. Like, he has the tattoos, he has the sleeves with it. He's the one like, he's all about them. He's so I definitely think he got really excited in the game. Like, oh, they're at like, look, they think with it. It may not have been like, oh, they're physically coming to me. He's like, oh, they're smart enough that they can figure this out. That's super exciting. Science turns me on. Let's do this. All time Charlie Day quote, you didn't, mur- uh, Drift with one of the kaiju, and he grabs Charlie Day by the eye to see like the bloodshotness. And Charlie Day goes, "I did maybe a little bit." <laughs> a little bit. See, I like when he comes I did back. A little. When after like they the kaiju comes and like kaiju's dead, he comes back and just like they're all like, "Okay, we gotta go like scavenger that kaiju." And you see Charlie Day and goes, "You owe me a kaiju brain." <laughs> like just like little guy, so angry, just you owe me this, damn it. Charlie Day, too angry to die. Exactly. <laughs> I think that's literally, yeah. I think that goes on his tombstone. Oh, man. Just, I don't think that goes on his tombstone. Too angry to die. Yeah, I think it's more a uh, good character in the first movie, bad guy in the second. Yep. I'm pretty sure he's the bad guy. He, he is definitely not a good guy in the second movie. Oh, um, I haven't seen the second. Well, then we ruined it. We haven't seen it either. I haven't seen it. Yes. Not it's the not best. worth seeing. It's visually stunning. Um, <laughs> it's ambitious. Yep. It's a bold move, Cotton. It's a yeah. bold move. Whenever you hear somebody describe a movie as ambitious, do you immediately go, it's got one or two good attributes, but overall it's dog shit? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, if it's ambitious, it's like... Last right. Jedi was really ambitious. It was very ambitious. But I also think of the f- Star Wars in the 70s, like, that was ambitious, and that turned out to be great. Or Avatar of the Blue People, that was ambitious, and that was a box office success. I don't know if Blue People's ambitious. Well, the way they filmed everything you mean was You Dances very... with Wolves 2 in space? Oh my God. <laughs> Dances with Wolves 2, Electric Boogaloo. Uh, <laughs> the or, alternative name for Avatar. Literally, Dances with Wolves. Fern Gully with Blue People in space. Um, Pocahontas. Like, it's the same storyline. But they're like, Blue People in space? And we're going to have these cool alien animals come save them. Boom. Have you seen... Uh, yeah, the second one's in production right now. With it's a almost done. The third and fourth one are also in production. Yeah, with a 20- They're making four? Oh, yeah. 
Like I also like how they made one movie. It did pretty well, like what over ten years ago, and then Disney's like, well, it was I the know, best. I know, but then Disney's like, like we're gonna make pretty, an entire pretty well park. top grossing until ten years later came out. They yeah, the reason they did that is because uh, James Cameron was like, I'm doing four of these bad boys. They're not, they're I'm filming them all simultaneously. We did the first one, it did great. Film the next three all together. They'll all be ready at this time. Build your park at that time. But so that's still a bold move. Just hope their second, third, and fourth are going to do well. I, you know, I think I think Avatar two will do very well. I don't think it will come close to what I think is going to be a bummer. Is that it's going to be widely regarded as a flop, regardless of how well it does, if it doesn't take the top slot like its predecessor. Can you tell me the main character's name from Avatar? Jake Sully. Ah. No one else knows that. I, I see you, Jake Sully. Yeah. No one else knows his name. Because hmm. everyone else forgot. No one gives a shit about Avatar. He is Turok Macau. You have seen this movie a lot. <laughs> Q's just like, and my point is demolished. <laughs> Anyone else on the street? Man, man of the people. Jake Sully. <laughs> No one else knows this goddamn movie. <laughs> the, the people's champion. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Oh. Anyways. The self-sacrifice scene, back to Pacific Rim, because the, like, the last big note I want to make is, who the hell is chopping onions in my apartment every single time the self-sacrifice when they detonate the nuke comes on? I will say, uh, Pentecost just kind of is like, oh, yeah, we're shutting down, I guess it's time to blow up. I'm very nonchalant about this. And the other guy's like, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> you just told my dad we'd be fine. Oh, I know. That gets oh. me. That's the chopping onions. Like, that, that's, that's my the, son. That's the chopping onions, yeah. And then he leaves the dog. Kirk Hansen. He's not going to bring the dog. What do you want no, to kill the dog? No. You're t- terrible. You, ah. I meant more like he's saying goodbye to the dog. And he's like, goodbye, buddy. I'm going to miss you. It's that point. I don't expect him to take the dog with him. Okay, this is an air bud. Road dog killer. <laughs> Oh, what was, how did you rate John Wick last week, Cusick? How did you this rate John Wick? Do tell. Want, this is not the hill you want to die on, brother. Uh, how did you rate John Wick last week? I know, this is why I brought it up. And that's <laughs> why I'm asking you. Tell us, do tell. The tell way you listeners. die on this hill is with Kate putting something in my apartment through your chest. Yeah, it's going to be her Starbucks straw. <laughs> oh, I don't need anything in your apartment. I got thumbs. Uh, wow, that's aggressive. It's very aggressive. I was going to go for a sea turtle joke with the Starbucks well, you know straw. <laughs> You've met my roommate. You know... She likes to gouge eyes up. Wow. Didn't know that. Alrighty. So... I'm trying to decide if Shaver to kill someone. She go for the eyes. So if you're listening to this, if you are one of the five, don't call the police on us. We're fine. Everything's okay. No one's gouging eyes out. Wait till next Anyways. week. Anyways. Wait to see how many people are on this next week. But that true... That... So, braining y'all in. That stacker Pentecost Sorry, and guys. her Hansen saying goodbye to his son. Ugh. One of the... Like really submits that movie as like having consequences while also still maintaining just a very fun atmosphere. Oh yeah. yeah. Absolutely. But I do love how he's like that's my son and you just see Sakura at the end and he's just like nonchalant not like yeah I got you like I'll take it's just more of a and we're both gonna die sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you, sorry if I ever got back in one of these I was gonna die anyway so you're fucked. <laughs> you, you know and I know that there's like a 10% chance we're making it and they're like well 90 you know the odds won. Yeah, sure did. I love that, like, after the bomb explodes, though, it just gets dry. On the yeah, oh my god, that's that so fucking cool. Yeah. I don't know what the physics of that are. I'd love to think that's actually how it would go. 
If you're a scientist, don't tweet at us. Let us believe this. <laughs> but I would have loved a prequel that goes all the way Prince of Egypt and when Moses parts the Red Sea and they have that beautiful scene with like the lights and you see the whale so I just see a kaiju just go by. Just giant. You just see Gypsy Danger standing there. Yeah, just in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> and that's when like Pharaoh's like <gasps> Oh you, do you know how you make this a really shitty prequel? Is they find the uh Jaegers on Earth. Oh, that, like, that that's would. how you kill the prequel. Oh, <laughs> I, I wish you hadn't said that because now I think that. Oh, given to us by the gods. I mean, a better, better prequel would be if they went all the way back to the original dinosaurs versus kaiju. Well, the dinosaurs were the kaiju. The, no, 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 no. That's how it's presented. The kaiju came back during the time of the dinosaurs. I thought they presented it as the dinosaur were the kaiju. So. I actually oh, was listening maybe. during this part while I was coloring and Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna give this a rewatch. It, yeah, because like yeah, because it's, it's, it's said, said in a way that it could be interpreted in that way. Ways, yeah. The way it said uh, it said they came back for the dinosaurs, but the dinosaurs weren't like a worthy opponent, so no, they were no, no, like no, no. the Earth wasn't ready. Yeah, Earth wasn't was ready. ready. So yeah, they're like we don't want to take over these guys. It's not. It was. It did have a message in it. It's global warming. Uh, I think the bigger the biggest message in it too is <laughs> people coming together. To yeah, but also global warming. We terraform the planet for them. That is true, yeah. 2020 is when Kaiju are going to come. <laughs> we're Fuck. fucked. It's fine. We're not in Japan. We'll be fine. We're not near a coastal city. Well, actually, made it to, like, the first one made to, like, Montana. So we are probably most definitely fucked. Oh, good. What up? Like, a little opening. They might come out of the Atlantic this time. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, it's actually yeah. Atlantic. But in the movie, like, the hole is in Japan. Like, on the water in Japan. Like, the hole where they the come Pacific. out of. Right? Yeah, like the Marianas Trench? Yep. Yeah, so it's in the Pacific near Asia, yes. Yeah, okay. So I'm checking. I'm not crazy. Not for the... Not not in this year. (laughs) Please don't rewatch this podcast. (laughs) Anyways, how would you rate this movie? (laughs) Uh, This movie, for me, is like a 92 out of 100. It is... No, no, no. Our rating from rating system. You gotta do something out of something else. Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess... uh, 92... uh, Kaiju lice out of 100. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it a... I'll give it... A nine Ron Perlman gold shoes out of 10. I got another one. But I'm going to like can't go first so I don't potentially steal it. <laughs> I was going to make a shoe one and he took it. Ha! <laughs> nine. <laughs> but mine was going to be more of a... Single abandoned shoes. All on their own. Ah. Uh. So what'd you I get? I really just want to smack you really hard right now. So what, like one red shoe out of two? We're gonna go with <laughs> seven and a half mustache hairs out of ten. That's a shitty mustache, but I like it. I like your method. I was going. I was. I would have gone for seventy-five out of four out of hundred, but that's fine. No. I was. I was say. going for more of like a wispy mustache, not a oh, full fair. one, because I was almost the full one. Fair. Also, it's my rating. That's fair. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was also gonna say uh, ninety-two special from uh, Charles and Brooklyn. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we got seven and a half Charlie Hunnam gangster walks on ten. All right. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I'll give it one uh, one surprise sword fist out of one, so hundred. We never did touch on the sword fist. The sword fist, the best part. <laughs> the sword is the best part. But uh, a lot of people... They uh, all, it has two as well. Also, it came out the other arm. He has jets. Why didn't he fly? 
it shows like he had because he was face down he'd do a roll but he, yeah he was high enough in the air he could have gone up he could have done a dive because superhero landing true <laughs> <laughs> seven and a half plot holes out of ten so do you have our uh, our rating system? Yes, actually, do you, do I can pull that up right now. Go back in time and discuss our rating so far. Or? Yes, uh, if you will distract the audience for two minutes, I'll pull this up. Oh, you're like kissing the distract the audience. Oh boy! That's great. Don't hurt me. <laughs> just violence. It's just it's just a rough time. I do love that that stupid sword scene. It's good. I don't scene. care how dumb it is. It goes up. I mean, the fact that they made a kaiju that has wings when they're predominantly underwater. Hell yeah. So I said, Give it to me. Put it, put it in my veins. Put, feed me this I shit. thought you were going to say put it somewhere else. <laughs> Woo! You said give it to me. Put it in my... What? I'm giving it 18 crazy uh, Jaeger fights out of 20. Still 90%. Give it a... Wait, Kate, okay, yours was 70, 75? 7.5. Yeah, so 75. Seven and five, five, yeah. Yeah. yeah, give it about you know 82 bow staff fights. And Q, you came in at? I, I said 90. I'll give it a 90. Alrighty. Yoinks. That was my distraction. I hope you enjoyed. I'll be here all week. Well, we'll see if he makes it to the end of the day. Hmm. Alrighty, so that came in at an eighty at an eighty-five out of a hundred composite score, um, putting it at our third highest rated movie following John Wick and The Gentleman, which well, we Kate and I didn't watch. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Since uh, The Gentleman's got a weird rating, since that was only watched by me and Chad. Um, but John Wick, I, I stand by that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a deserving spot. It, so it beats, I think our uh, lowest is Naked Gun, right? Probably. Probably. Yeah, Naked Gun's the lowest composite right now. Makes sense. <laughs> uh, followed by... Just very much adequate. Followed by Underworld, and then uh, Harry Potter, then Star Wars. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. That checks out. I feel like we haven't watched a lot of like really like good good movies. We've watched a lot of like no we the past two weeks, that's not our brand. <laughs> yeah, the past two weeks have been the first two like decent movies we've watched. So what are we gonna say we're watching next week that we're not gonna watch? Kick ass again. Why we talk about Avatar for a bit? I but we put Avatar on there because I kind of want to watch Avatar. <laughs> if we say it, we won't. Avatar. Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> I've been outvoted. We're going to watch Avatar next week, folks, so you know what that means. Tune in next time to find out what we watched instead. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, everybody. Stay safe this week and enjoy yourselves. Jack, clap out. <laughs>